Welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm so excited. I have Jamie Cohen here. And we're actually doing this podcast in person, which makes it way more fun. It, normally, it's not in person. It's like via video chats, whatever. So Jamie is one of our speakers for Visalia Talks and Wine on January 30th, uh, 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2020. So Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. It's such a fun little spontaneous Mm-hmm. idea of yours. I'm glad that we ran into each other. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We literally ran into each other at a coffee shop and yeah. So she's going to be speaking on mindfulness. That's like the, the Visalia Talks and Wine always kind of has the theme and the theme this time is mindfulness and mental health. And we've kind of gone back and forth. People have like told me like, you need to meet Jamie. And like, you know, there's been all these different webs that have led us to connecting. Um, I love to hear like how you started with mindfulness, like you're a mindfulness coach and you also do holographic kinetics. Like, can you give a little backstory of your journey? <laughs> I know it's such a broad, big ass question, <laughs> but like, how did you get into it? Like, or just kind of give like a little bit about yourself. I guess, I mean, the easiest way to talk about mindfulness for me, as far as my journey goes, is just that at one point in my life, I'd gotten to where I was aware that I was suffering and so I had been through a lot already at this point. I had health things. I almost died. I'd been through a divorce. All these things happened. But I had hit this point where I was just like, there's got to be a better way. Like there's got to be a different way to live than suffering. And so really the start of it was just like me noticing my thoughts. I mean, that's how it started literally. It was just me paying attention. And I realized that I was talking very negatively to myself. So if I made a mistake... I was like, oh, you idiot. Like, why'd you do this? You're so stupid. Like, as just an example. And it, I started realizing, like, I wouldn't even talk to my dog this way. And so as I started paying more attention to what I was thinking and telling myself and talking to myself, um, then I started having to, like, flip that because I was just like, oh, that can't be good. I'm, like, walking around and telling myself this stuff all the time. Mm. And so then it was like I started... I mean, at that point, really, too, when I thought there's got to be another way, it's like I began seeking for other ways. And so then that's yeah. when I got it. And things kind of just landed on my path. It wasn't even like I had to go and research. It was just like, oh, I got involved in this. And now they're teaching us how to meditate and talking about how they are doing this own challenge of theirs to meditate every day for even like a few what minutes. What was your interpretation of meditation before someone taught you how to meditate? I think I, think I had... Uh, I don't know if I had like an interpretation other than like, I just remember thinking like, I can't, like, how am I going to shut my, <laughs> me too. I was like, like I, cannot I can't do sit. that. <laughs> yeah. Like I cannot sit still and like not have thought. So I think a lot of people think that way too. It's just mm -hmm. like, like, I can't do it. Like my, my mind is going crazy all the time. Like there's no way for me to just sit still and not think. And so then when it was like, it was introduced to me in a really cool way that it was just like a minute or two at a time. Like I was involved in this, um, simple shift by, by Tori Ivanek who used to live here. And it was just like creating a simple shift in your life just to get you out of, you know, your current way of being. Hmm. And so the way she did it, well, we just would meditate for say like two minutes. And it was like realizing like, Oh, I can do that. Like two minutes. Isn't that long. And so then that was my simple shift 
that was the thing I chose to do. Um, and even though sometimes I only did it like for five minutes or something, like I didn't put a big, um, huge number on it. Like I wasn't like, you got to meditate for 30 minutes. Yeah. Like Deepak Chopra says 15 minutes, two times a day or whatever it uh -huh. was. It was just like, okay, I just got to do this for like five minutes. And so then I ended up, the way it stuck was I ended up going through something that was really stressful and I started using that as my coping mechanism. So I would like set my alarm on my phone for like, if I had five minutes, I set it for five. If I had 15, I set it for 15, like whatever in that moment I felt like I had, you know, given everything else I was doing or going, you know, that was going on in my day, mm -hmm. I would just set it for that just to like stop the crazy thoughts from running about how stressed I was and all the stuff that was happening. And I found out that it just, it provided me with such a reset. Would you just like focus on something else? No, I would just kind of go into silence. Like I would just kind of just, um, and I know there's so many different kinds of meditation. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was just like silence. It was mm. just like going into silence and just sitting there and being with myself and, and still you would have thoughts, but over time I was able to like learn how to kind of shut them off or become more aware. So I wasn't just like letting it spin off. Yeah. Yeah. So I call them, uh, the, uh, rabbit holes, Like I don't <laughs> want to let my mind go down an unnecessary rabbit hole of worry or fear right. or anxiety when it's like literally nothing has changed in my life. But now all of a sudden I'm letting worry like no way. Like, yes, me and my mom joke, uh, that we, that our head, like our, what we're thinking about is like our real estate and it's valuable real estate. And who are we like giving yep. space to, or right. what are we giving space to? And that's exactly why advertising and all that is so valuable because they already realize that, that what we're focusing on is that important, that what we're giving power to and our focus to and our energy to is that important that people want to pay millions of dollars to get that attention from us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as we walk through the world, like everything is trying to shift our focus off of the present moment and what we want to be focusing on. Mm -hmm. That's what I find. So it's like trying, like it's becoming aware of all that so that as you move through your day, you don't let things just like veer you off. I mean, even things that seem like crisis, like a dead battery in your car I had happened at one point and it was just like, crap, I got to be here tomorrow. I've got a meeting. I've got this going on this week. I can't have this happening, you know? And, and I shifted into like, all of a sudden the crisis thing becomes the, the focus. And I had to stop myself and just be like, wait, what am I doing? This doesn't have to be the focus. I don't have to be anywhere today. I can get an Uber to my appointment tomorrow. Hmm. Like I'll deal with it when I need to deal with it, but why am I? It's like we're just it's like trained. focusing on the solution versus focusing on the problem. Yeah, and and realizing and that, like you said, drama. nothing changed. Yeah, nothing. Changed. Nothing had really changed. Like I was home for the night when I I forget. Like I was gonna run and do maybe a quick errand, but it wasn't necessary. And so I was home for the night. Otherwise, I didn't need anything until the next day. And it's like, dude, you can just do Uber. Like, why are you worried about? You'll figure it out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I was like, this meeting is more important. It was actually the meeting for the mindfulness class with Parks and Rec that I had the next day. And so I was like, that's what's important. That's what I need to focus on and keep my mind on. And so I'm going to go to bed early. I'm not going to fret about this. Like, no. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so yeah. tell me more about the mindfulness classes you do at Parks and Rec. Yeah. So it was interesting because I was gifted this book by Malika Chopra which is Deepak Chopra's daughter. Did you see her at Fresno last year? I the didn't. Women's, she did a didn't. meditation where she just had everyone say, I am. And she like used like, she's like, think about I am and amen and 
Allah, like all these different words that like represent like something holy or sacred. And she's like, I am is sacred. And it was just so cool. So that's cool that I haven't read any books by her, but I remember I didn't even know who Deepak Chopra was when I heard her speak. Oh, okay. Or I guess it was two years ago at Fresno. And then everyone was like, you don't know Deepak Chopra? And that like was also the start (laughs) of my like research and meditation and my, not research, but you know, you just seek it and it shows up. So I just have to share that. Okay. Yeah, no. And I had, I had read a few books by him. And so I knew of him. I didn't know of his daughter, but I was gifted this book by a friend of mine. And it was like, just breathe. It's called mindfulness. What is it? Mindfulness, meditation, movement, and more. And it's geared towards eight to 12 year olds. Because, you know, her parents taught her all of these things when she was a kid. And then she's teaching it to her kids. And so she's written now a couple of them. So I have that one. And it was like one of those things where as I'm figuring out like what I'm doing, like I pay attention to all these signs and synchronicities. So I saw that as a synchronicity. And she intended it to be for me and my son, right? And, and then I don't even remember exactly how it all linked up. But that planted a seed of just like, you know really great to teach kids this stuff here and then talking to a friend they're like yeah I would totally bring my kid and and you know I meditate or you know I try to get them to meditate I would totally bring them to a class like that and it just built on itself to where then I was really excited about it and I thought I I like reached out to a friend and I'm like hey I have this idea and it's kind of big I don't know where to go with it next thing I know they put me in touch with somebody who was like in touch with Parks and Rec and it was just like boom 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 it was like I got guided to exactly who I needed to talk to and then I started doing it at the beginning of this last summer in 2019. But I basically, I, I loosely geared around that book. It's not like I, I honestly, I just hit intuitively lead the class. Like the first one that I did, I kind of had ideas from the book of what I wanted to share that day. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't like this whole framework, like six weeks long. What are some long, of the things? Um, gratitude is what I start with. Um, like gratitude and meditation I kind of start with. Mm-hmm. Because I want to like be meditating it every you know, every class. So it's a six week class because the book has six sections and it's geared towards eight to 12 year olds because the book is geared toward eight to 12. So I didn't fight the wheel. Like I didn't try to reinvent the wheel. I just kind of was like, this was brought to me. I'm going to use it. And I love that it started off with, Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be exciting? Cause that's like when manifesting and attraction just is like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Easy. The, The biggest things I've manifested have come that way. Easy. Like I just get excited about something and then I just take whatever action comes up. That's like, literally what's I need to find too. a space for this class. And then I was like, oh, here's your space. It ha- it's happened so many times. So yeah, <laughs> getting excited is key. So you guys, you never know where the opportunities are going to come from. The doors are going to yep. open. Like your job is not to open the door. Your job is yeah. to walk through them. Okay, yeah. friends? Yeah. Right? It's, it's fascinating. And so I start off, I give them all like a notebook to keep a gratitude journal basically. Mm -hmm. And I, um, talk to them about the importance of gratitude, how it can help you, how by focusing on the good in our lives and the the things going well and the things that make us happy literally creates more of that and adds more of that to your life. And so, you know, the main thing that I want these kids to understand is that they have everything they need. Like they're going to be told all kinds of things from everybody else but that they really need to follow like what they're passionate about, what makes them excited and find ways to shift their focus because a lot of things are wanting us to focus on the negative. Like that's why I don't watch news. I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention news to news. It's uh-uh. cause then you sit there and you just feel bad yet. You can't, I can't, 
it, it, you know, 11 o'clock at night, are people going to get off their couch and do something? No. So you just go to bed with all these stories in your head of what, of how negative doomed things, things are. Yes. <laughs> and so in my life, I've seen the importance of shifting the focus to where I shift on. I always, I use this example a million times in my class, but I always tell them, I meet people who are doing amazing things in our community. This is like the only people I meet. And I'm telling you time and again, that's what I see. And, and as I've shifted that focus, it's like, I, you know, people be like, oh, but this happens and that, it's not even in my reality. That's not my reality anymore. Yeah. And so I, I really try to emphasize that of like, we get to create our reality that no two people are living the same, that if we walk down the street, we're going to see totally different things. Even if we do it at the same exact time, same time of day, because you might see a car that reminds you of your grandpa and I might see flowers that remind me of my mom's house. And I, you know, and so none of us are focused on the same things and none of us are viewing the world through the same lens. And so trying to get them to know that it's okay to just be who you are and not everybody's going to understand you and they don't need to. It's like focus on the positives. If you want more positive in your reality, then that's what you need to focus on. You know, focus on, pay attention to what you're thinking and how you're talking to yourself. Um, so I talk to them about, I even talk to them some about manif- manifesting and just how our thoughts are creating our reality mm-hmm. because how we view things is so important. Um, but yeah, I do, I teach them meditation and gratitude, like positive affirmations, um, oh, intention awesome. setting, breathing techniques. Um, we do a vision board at the end. But yeah, it's really, and it's like giving them a little experience too to see how their thoughts create their reality so that they can have something like mm-hmm. concrete to show them. Because like I tell them, I don't, I'm not trying to have you believe everything I say. And from this class, you may, some things might not resonate. Like it just might not be fun for you to do affirmations, for example. But I was like, you know, pick something from it that really feels good to you and do that. Like I don't want your gratitude journal to be a chore that you feel like you have to just slog through. But I was like, everything is just a matter of doing it. So it's like every new habit takes time and it's all gonna feel a little strange. And I'm like, I, the big thing is like having them realize like, I know all this seems really simple that I'm gonna be teaching you. Cause I get eye roll, you know, especially the beginning, you know, I get some eye rolls, I get those 12 year old girls. And it's just like, look, I know, I'll just call it out. I'm like, look, I know sometimes this seems boring and it seems too simple to be like a big deal. But I'm like, I'm telling you, everything is way more simple than what we're taught. Mm-hmm. We're taught to seek from outside and we're taught that things are really hard, but really they're not. Because if we do these little simple things every day, we can actually create amazing lives. And so it's like, I hope that they can just like at least grab onto little nuggets of what I'm telling them to just kind yeah. of build them up so that they can build themselves up. Yeah. I mean, that's the main focus because we're not taught positive ways to cope and then look at our county. We've got the highest rates of suicide. We've got highest rates of teen pregnancy. And then we've got people, you know, so many people enmeshed in drugs and mm-hmm. alcohol. Um, and so it's like a way to... And she's talking about Tulare County and San Joaquin. Yes. And it's just a way to teach them like positive ways to cope with things going on. And it's great too, because sometimes they'll open up. Like sometimes these kids will just open up. And then it's great because then I can specifically talk to them and say, hey... 
you know, like even after class, it just depends on the situation because I don't want to call people out. But it's like sometimes I'll just pull them aside after it's like, okay, so you know what we talked about? So you can actually do this to get you through. Like I know your grandma's in the hospital. You're really worried. Mm -hmm. But just start thinking positive things like your grandma's going to be okay. And I was like, you know, I can't promise that that's the case. But I'm telling you, if, you, if you're sending positive energy and you're not stressing about it, you're going to feel better. And it does help. Like it does make a difference, mm -hmm. even if it's not the way you think, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So, well, and that's like <laughs> everything that I teach in my coaching program. So even at the basic right. level of it being for eight and 12 year olds, it's right. basic, but it's fundamental. It's right. so important. And like, I even go back and forth where now I know gratitude can shift my energetic state. It can shift my mood. Right. But when I'm in the thick of it, it takes me... This is the only way I could describe it. It takes my higher self longer to enroll my ego into practicing forms of gratitude. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes, you know what I mean? especially if you get, if you're out of the, like, because sometimes I, I won't write it down. Maybe I'll speak it aloud before I go to bed or something, which I think is well, I think that's powerful. actually more powerful it's than just writing. It's powerful, it. but you know, sometimes it's nice to go back and you can see everything. But you know, even like if I'm in the thick of something, I don't necessarily, like, It'll even take me a little bit of time sometimes for it to click because when you get into this reaction mode of you're no you're really going through something, then it's like oh that's right like just sit down and in those times it's like writing everything I'm grateful for yeah where it's just like down to gas in the car down to the car down to the refrigerator down to the food down to the water oh, yeah. down to the oh utilities. my god sometimes it's like I had I had a I've like mentioned this guy randomly on the podcast throughout it but I dated him and he would always say I'd be like hey how are you he's all if I'm breathing I'm good and there were times where he would annoy me because in my mind I'm like that's the minimum that's the minimum <laughs> Right. But then there's been so many times that it's been so comforting coming into my mind where I'm like, if I'm breathing, I'm good. And I'm like, right. it's so interesting that something that can create so much comfort can also create so much like conflict, not, not, I don't, not conflict. That's not really the right word, but just being like, Oh, I don't like that. And I'm like, Oh no, I really like that right now. Right. Well, no. And I think we have resistance to new things and then we have, it's, we just get so set in our way of thinking sometimes. And so it's like then hearing something like that. And at first you take it one way. Like I went on a date with a guy at one point and it was like, it was just something similar that just popped in my head. And it was like, I was like, Oh, what song is this? And he's like, who cares? I did that rubbed me so wrong. Like for a second, I was just like, I care. It's like that felt rude, you know, where I was just like, and then I was like, Oh, like a few minutes later it was like, Oh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like, did we're you just take here to dance. Did you take it Is personal? That, like, I think so. I took it, like, as if he was being rude to me. Uh-huh. And then I realized, like, oh, like... But you guys were you dancing dance together? dance to whatever. Yeah, like, we were there just on a date just to dance. Like, first time I ever met him or anything, and he was just like, who cares? And I was like, jeez. And then a second later, I'm like, huh, oh, yeah, yeah. you're yeah, right. who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, because, like, our egos will get... Kind of like their toe, like it's toes stepped on <laughs> yeah. so easily at times. Yeah. And then you, and then it's like that where it was probably planted for you then just so you could use it later, which is the, the wild thing of just like mm. realizing like how things get planted where it's like, yeah, here, this, you'll need this sometime. Yeah. This here will you help go. you in the future. But yeah, as far as like the fundamentals, like, so then I started working with teens and I had been nudged to that for so long before I did it because teens, like the thought of teens anyway. Was it like intimidating? Oh my God. So and intimidating. And they're so sassy and filterless. Well, that's how I felt going in. I'm like, 
I'm thinking, oh my God, this 12 year old girl gave me serious eye roll. Like after my first kid class, like my first mindfulness for children with Parks and Rec, <laughs> this one girl gave me so many eye rolls and I had to go home and like give myself a pep talk kind of, you know? Yeah. Where I was just like, okay, you got this. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like you're just planting seeds. It's okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm going into a wrestling ring, you know, I'm like, it's fine. You got this. Like, come on, you know? And so it took me a little bit then to build myself up enough to be like, okay, I can do this. It's like the thick skin. Yeah. And honestly, it took shedding some stuff through holographic kinetics, which I know you mentioned, through my sessions with that to just get the level of confidence I have now, I think, is how it all timed out. And so I started working with them though. And after like day one, I was like, oh my God, like I freaking love these teenagers. And And you're able to take it to a different level but like everything is still kind of new to them so it's fun because you're like introducing these concepts that can really make a big difference and some of them knew a little bit then you know as as teenagers it's like they've actually heard of some of this stuff which was cool but it's like being able to take it to a whole other level like and be able to talk to them about, about like writing a chief aim for themselves and stuff like that where it was like really getting them writing to live a intentionally writing a, a what? chief aim what's a chief aim so uh i went to this workshop once by this author jake Ducey, and he introduced this to me so bruce lee had a chief aim and it and you can look it up if you type in bruce lee chief aim you'll find his and you can actually sometimes you can find it the handwritten version of his chief aim but it was this paragraph that he had of how he wanted his life to be like what he wanted and he it it was along the lines of like, I'm going to be one of the most successful Oriental film stars and by so-and-so year, I'm going to have like $10 million and whatever, you know, I mean, that's the basic, basic mm-hmm. of it. And so it's really about speaking in current terms. So saying like, you know, I, Jamie, I'm so grateful now that, and you just fill it out mm-hmm. and it can be a few sentences or it can be like mine was a paragraph and I would like write it out every single day. And so from there, then I started memorizing, like then I had it memorized. And so I would just say it every morning and really feel it because feeling is everything with this stuff. And so I would really feel as if those things had happened. And man, it just like, it just, I started realizing over time, I'm like, I'm living this part of it. I'm living that part of it. Like all these things were coming true as I was doing that. And that's what a lot, I mean, that's what really led me into a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now is just putting an intention out there and then just kind of surrendering to what showed up. Yeah. Cause when I quit my nursing job in the hospital in 18, like I thought, Oh, I'm going to do this Reiki and joy coaching business and travel to Australia and travel to Hawaii and whatever. And now it's like everything that I'm doing. I mean, yeah, the coaching is still there, but like more of what I'm doing is stuff that I never, I didn't foresee. Like I had no idea that I would ever be teaching mindfulness to kids. I, you know, I just know that like for me, (laughs) the kids were my favorite part of the hospital. I love pediatrics. And so like I found a way, yeah, I found a way to like work with kids again, even though I'm not in the hospital. So I, you know, my son's always like, do you miss that? I'm like, no, but I miss the kids, you know? And so now it's like, I have the kids. I'm just Mm. teaching them other things. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I love teaching in the hospital. I mean, that's part, that was like one of my favorite parts of being a nurse was teaching, um, and just connecting. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you about this because this has Mm -hmm. come up quite a few times of people Uh asking about coaching and teaching and leading, Uh you know, uh, how do you approach that? Like if you're going to coach someone, 
-hmm. How do you stand in your leadership with that while also being a Zen mindfulness, like joy coach, but then standing strong in your leadership? Like, has that been, what's that been like for you? Because I feel like that comes up a lot where people are like, oh, like uh, taking a leadership role seems so intimidating, but that naturally happens if you do want to make an impact or you want to teach or you want to, teaching anything really is taking a leadership role. Right. Well, for me, it's just, I mean, it's just been a natural progression. Like it wasn't something where I was like, I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a coach. Like it wasn't really like that. It's just that I started realizing that here are all these things I've put into place in my own life where it's like, there's so many things like the gratitude journal. That was a, I always say it's like, that was a game changer. Like that was, that changed my life. And then I'll talk about something else. And I'm like, that was a game changer. That, that cha- changed my life. Yeah. And so it's like all these things added up and then just realizing like, oh, not everybody knows about this. And, and the fact that I was literally, I mean, I suffered with depression, like I, I basically my whole life, it just makes it easier. Cause it was, it felt like that. Um, did depression feel like more, um, home than not being depressed because you're so used to it? Yes. And stress, stress was more home. Hmm. So that's something I've had to get used to. Like once I started being aware of my thoughts and I had been suffering and I was like, you know, somewhat depressed then, although at that point I wouldn't say it was like a deep depression, but it was like those things were coming back. And that's when I was like, okay, this is enough. Um, it's like, I became aware of all of these things. And then as, as I like was shifting out of that, I started realizing like there was a time in my life where, you know, if something wasn't happening or I wasn't making some big move that was like stressful, cause even like moves or changing jobs or whatever, if something like that wasn't happening, it almost felt weird. Like just having calm, just where your life was just like almost like flatline. Oh my gosh. I can totally, yes, relate with that. Where all of a sudden I'm like, why am I not stressed out? What is this even keeled feeling of productivity? (laughs) Because I was so used to like jacking myself up with like, like in college where I'd be like, I need to have six, six shots of espresso, or I need to have an Adderall, or I need to have an energy drink in order to be productive. And I had an affiliate, like affiliation, affiliation association Uh with productivity equals being like strung out. Right. right. (laughs) And so all of a sudden I remember being at a coffee shop and being like, Whoa, this is weird. This is good, but this is weird. Like I was so used to needing to create that chaos in order to move forward that it it has been like, I would say even the past two years, actually since learning how to manage myself throughout having my own business, being responsible for my own finances, it's been a journey of, of realizing oh, I don't actually like that drama. I was just in a habit of creating that personal drama. Right. And it's so much is based on our childhoods. I mean, for me, so much was based on my childhood. It's like me and my ex-husband, it's like, you know, I got really sick. I was in the hospital. Then he started his master's program. Then I got into nursing pro like, and it was just like, as if we weren't doing something crazy stressful, it didn't even seem right. Like good. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I So then as I'm like, here I am, I'm on my own. I'm realizing like, okay, I don't want to suffer anymore. And then it was like, there were times of just like calm. And even now, sometimes I have to realize like, for me, it's more of a flow. Like not even like, oh, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. But just letting things flow more is weird because being a nurse for almost five and a half years in the hospital, to me, like working in money equals like running around like your, your head is cut off. Like you're like, oh my God, I'm and being just so stressed and on edge. 
And so when I'm not, sometimes I feel like I'm not being productive enough. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not doing enough. And then, you know, a lot of things right now for me is I'm realizing like, this is like a rest and reset period where clarity is coming. Like I can feel it. I know there are big things coming, but it's almost like I have to just realize like the importance of just being okay with where I am. Yeah. Resting, taking care of myself and my own healing too in all of it. So, yeah. but with coaching, it's more just like, it's, it's essentially like helping people become aware of their own power, especially helping for me, helping them get into alignment or just like recognizing alignment with your spirit versus non-alignment yeah, and, that's a big and one. finding ways to get into it and, and just helping them remember their joy and, and what brings joy. Cause a lot of people, and I had forgotten at one point I had a life coach and she's like, go back to your childhood, write down everything that used to bring you joy. What brought you, what made you feel most alive when you were a kid? That's where I had to start because I had lost myself through mm-hmm. a relationship at one point. And so digging out of that too, it was just like, oh yeah, what do I even like? I don't even know what I like. Mm. So, I mean, I've literally just built everything yeah. from the ground up, like me included. <laughs> so it's been interesting. So it's kind of like helping other people. And then I find it's, it's always interesting too because of how many things I've been through and, and the different kinds of work I've done it really gives me perspective on so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody's like, oh, I had this, it's like, like you can so relate. <laughs> much of the time I can relate. And so it's really cool. I mean, I think it's like we sign on for these lives that we have and then the byproduct, byproduct of like balancing our own, like the, our own energy out from previous lives or healing things within our family line is that you get to use that knowledge or you can to help other people get through those same things. So that's yeah. what my coaching more is about. It's just like, that's, that's like my entire realize there's like another way. Yeah. It's like, there is another way you've been taught. It's only this way, but actually mm-hmm. you have all the answers. And that's the biggest thing is like, we have all the answers. We don't need everything outside of us to be telling us what to do, how to do it. It's like, but you have to be willing to like dig and, yes, curious. investigate, get curious. Yes. I feel like that was something that propelled me into clarity uh-huh. and out of like yucky waters, which I don't want to say yucky waters. It's just clouded waters. I fucking was in clouded waters last week. It's it's an ongoing theme. And so I, I like how you said like, you can feel clarity's coming, you know, like trust and surrender is your job right now. Uh-huh. And like I had a friend, I, it was one of my coaches. She described it to me. She's like surrender when you're in feminine creation is not surrendering to responsibility. It's surrendering to the control of the outcome. You still show right. up every single day and you still show up and do the work. And that has been like really supportive for me when there's been times where I'm like, I don't want to do the work right now because I don't feel like that leader. I don't feel like, and it's like, Oh, but I am. Oh, but I am. So what can right. make me feel a little bit more confident? And sometimes it's like, making my bed, you know, like the most simple things that can shift me back into that energy of feeling confident again, you know? And I think, uh, I mean, I, I look at seasons of the weather and seasons of change, the same things happening, like within us, like, especially like making the decision to move to Mexico was like, Oh, this was the clarity that was awaiting me. And thank God I didn't toss in the towel because I straight up was going through crazy things in my mind. I'm like, why do I feel this torn? And it's because I hadn't quite arrived to the insight that what source was calling me towards right. was a change. I thought I was moving to San Diego. 
I, and, and, and I thought I was moving in November because that's what I wanted. And then I literally was doing meditation and I just heard this voice of like, I need you in Visalia. And I, and I was at peace with that. Cause I was like, you know uh-huh. what? Anytime I've trusted my inner voice, it's led me in a direction I want to go. Unless it's instant gratification, then it's always my ego. (laughs) 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 And I'm so glad that I did, but it was really uncomfortable. It was because I I, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to go to San Diego. Oh, I think I'm going to do my 30 day notice. No, I'm not yet. Like nothing (laughs) felt right. And I was like, I just need to go on a solo trip. And so I I did that solo trip to Mexico while I was there. It was like, oh, clarity. Oh my gosh. And like, I'm talking to the girl that, uh, that managed the hostel and we had been friends. We met when she was an intern three years ago in Costa Rica and we reunited in Mexico and she's like, yeah, well, I'll, you know, if you want to be able to teach meditation here, if you want to be able to do empowerment workshops or self-love workshops. And I was just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Right. Things that I for sure would do on a volunteer basis for them anyways. And now by doing that, something I would, I've been, I've always dreamed of offering in another country, which is so crazy that you talk about the chief aim because I literally did a declaration in front of 60 people at this leadership program in San Diego. And I said, my vision, and I'm like, I wish I had it on camera. Like my vision is to teach people how to love themselves in Central and South America. I thought I was going to go like help local people. I didn't realize that I'd be, I'd be in Central and South America teaching self-love. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And so it was just kind of this weird moment where I just started like dying laughing in a, in a very like, oh, the energy just felt so released where all of a sudden it didn't feel stagnant. It's like full points right. flowing. But I'm like, oh, oh, it's all coming together. Oh, like the past like month and a half of feeling so uncomfortable right. and feeling like I was just in murky waters, but just like trust one step at a time, trust. And now it's opening up and it's crazy that... The idea of selling my stuff, the idea of like doing this, there's been no resistance. It feels so easy because it feels like I've ar- I'm already mentally doing it to where it's like my I'm visualizing the process way I don't know. That's right. like kind of how you said like you just made one phone call to Parks and Rec and then like door open, door open, door open because yep. you're focused on the excitement of it all. Exactly. I'm so I can't even tell you how excited I am for you <laughs> that you're doing that. But but like a thing that I want to point out too is like look at so you, Kelsey, were being yourself when you traveled to Costa Rica, whatever, mm-hmm. three years ago, and you struck up conversations with these people that then come back around full circle three years later to where you're going to be like living your dream yeah. in Mexico. And, and you don't even have to pitch this stuff. People just feel it from you and they know, you know, you probably kind of told her what you do, but yeah. Then well, people come to you. Contact, so she's seen my journey of starting all of this because we're friends. And so, so but Instagram, think of that. It's but crazy. think of that. Yeah. I know, but think of that. All the steps that it took where you just had to be yourself out in the world and then things line up. Mm. That's what I've seen over and over in my life. It's like, I don't, you don't have to go out and just like push, 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 push against the current. You just have to go and be yourself. Yeah. Like once you show up authentically and you do what you're feeling drawn to do, it's like, you make connections with people that come up later. You, it's like you're learning things yeah. that later on you use. Yeah, it's like nothing's for granted. If 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 you find enjoyment in something, yeah. then it's going to benefit you in some yes. way. Yes, like it's all like I've seen it just so many times where it's just like, oh, and things that's don't always why. make sense. Like I had a lot of people question. Like even right? every single solo trip I've ever gone, I have like probably minimum five people being like, yeah, but what's the point? 
Like, but yeah. why? But you're not going to be with anyone. But why? And it, it made me like my mom too. Where she's just like, every single trip, what's the point? I'm like, I, I got, I'm just, I, travel. I, Cause I want travel to travel. I feel point. called to, you know? <laughs> right. And so I feel like that's the one thing. If I could go back and kind of give myself a little extra encouragement, it's just like, stay focused, stay focused on whatever you want to do. Cause even right. though I still did what I wanted to do, I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. You are too. And so it's easy right. to pick up on, um, Honestly, actually, it's been kind of a process of just breaking through from social expectations, right? It's not even in my reality anymore. So then when some people will be like, yeah, but how do you manage? Someone messaged me saying like, how do you find peace with like being single and like not having kids and like you're almost 30 and and it's just like, aren't you worried? And and it's so funny because I was just like, I'm so glad that you asked that because it's for one, a projection of her worries. It really doesn't have anything to do with me, but it also was an aha moment of seeing my growth of like, I haven't thought about that worry or that in a long time. Half of my mind was going, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for bringing back to my awareness of that. But then the other part was, what? Who? Get, what? Ooh, whatever. Right. I know that by me doing things like this, I'll probably meet him there. And if right. I don't, whatever, he's working on himself while I'm working on me. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And there's so many things that we're kind of pushed into just societally, like, okay, like now you do this and now mm-hmm. you do this step and then you do this step. So when you veer off of that, when everybody else is still kind of going along with that training, then it, and I followed that training. I mean, I got married, like, think, yeah. yeah, like I was married, I guess I got married at like 29 and then, you know, not long after I had my son. So, and I went to college, you know, I did those things yeah. up to a certain point and then it just was like, okay, like this isn't working. And then it was you like a redirect. It. it was just a redirect. And so then it's been like, oh, it's like, like so you don't you have, have to follow all that, you know? Yeah. Did you have like pushback from people like, or even like with holographic kinetics, like how did you handle people not understanding it and kind of being like, Whoa, like I remember people, well, I guess I'm trying to think of like best ways. Like, did you ever experience feeling like, Oh, how do I describe this to someone being in such a conservative area? Well, I had that, I had that worry, but the funny thing is none of that's in my reality. I don't have anybody, honestly, I don't have anybody approach me like, what? Like not, like nothing like that. Everybody that approaches me or, um, that I talk to about it is just like fascinated by it and don't, they don't, yeah, they don't, they don't give me that kind of reaction. Like they're more of just like, wow, They're curious. coming to you with curiosity. Yeah. Though I think the weirdest thing was when I quit my nursing job, cause everybody's like, well, what are you going to do? And they thought I was just going to leave the hospital and go to another nursing job. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go, I'm starting my, I'm going to go to Australia. Then I'm going to go to Hawaii. I'm starting my own thing. And they're like, well, that'd be nice. I wish I could do that. I need money. And I'm just like, like where they just didn't get it. And I could easily get sucked into those worries. Uh And I was just like, nope, like this is something I'm supposed to do. Like I feel this to my core. Like, and, but with like holographic kinetic, it's interesting because, um, yeah, there's nothing like it around in this area at all. And like once I went for the training, a lot, you know, a lot was open in my mind about it of just like, oh wow, it's like I didn't I wasn't really thinking about this when I went into it. Um, but I find that like people's spirits guide them to me. And so when it's one of those things, it's such a powerful healing modality. It's based on the Aboriginal like dreamtime healing um of the Aboriginal people in Australia. And it's it's so powerful. Um And it's interesting. It's like, I kind of find that, and for me too, I had been through a lot through, um, illness and all these things. 
and I had used Western medicine and then it got to the point where I was taking medicine for medicine because the side effects were so awful. And so I was kind of guided away from that to other natural things. And so I've done a lot of different natural modalities for myself, for my own healing. Um, and even just like, honestly, like even just mindfulness and shifting out of the crap thoughts has, has changed my health. Stepping into my own power and getting out of my marriage shifted my health without me doing anything else. Things like that where you like take your own power back and put yourself first for a change. Um, but mm. I find that people brought to this modality, same as me, it's like we've already done so much of the inner work um, to the point where we're annoyed. It's like we're annoyed, our spirits are annoyed that we keep seeing the same patterns, behaviors, um, ailments showing up over and over. And at this point, we've done enough to really be able to see these things clearly as to what's still holding us back. And so when I went to the training, I mean, I knew it was a big deal. I felt actually like it was a bigger leap than my nursing, jumping out of nursing. And I didn't know why. I was like, why does this feel like such a big thing? Well, it's because everything shifted. I stopped doing Reiki. I stopped leading guided meditations because I learned new things. And so as I learned new things, then I shifted what I was doing. But, um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like the, the issues that people are bringing are those last, like are really big things, but they're these like nagging ones that, you know, for me, like I didn't take depression to the table. I didn't take my, even my chronic illness to the table because I felt like I've, I've overcome those to a point where they don't affect me anymore. And so I brought stuff that was affecting me in that moment. Um, and so I brought other issues, but it was like the big stuff, like not feeling worthy of love was one of them. Something that came up that was just, and this is when you were having a session with holographic kinetics. Yes. Okay. So that's one of the issues that I took to the table. And before that, it's like, we have time during the training where you're dealing with priority issue. So like your spirit gets to choose like what the priority issue that's affecting the running of your body. Right. Mm -hmm. And so something came up where you know, I felt like there was something wrong with me. And it stemmed from a moment in my 20s where I was really depressed and I had somebody like making me feel like there was something wrong with me. And so like, but that wasn't even in my awareness to bring to the table, but it came out. And shifting those kinds of things is so powerful that like me and the level of confidence that I have now, that's what I needed then to go and start the teen classes. Mm. It's like everything, everything shifted feels. in me. And so when we peel back those layers, the things that are like real, like people, you know, who clear, like, I'm not enough. I'm unworthy of love. You can clear like things like codependency, for instance, mm -hmm. you can clear chronic illness. Cause a lot of times chronic illness then gets to include about a billion do you have to symptoms. Have do you have to have awareness that there's an issue in order for it to be brought up? Well, yeah, because in this, when people come to me, they're coming to me with an issue. Got it. When you go to training, there's more um, flexibility with it because as you're learning, we're just kind of starting out clearing a bunch of things because we have to learn how to do it. And we're clearing, like we're letting spirit pick priority issues without bringing it to the table at first, without us saying it of what we need to clear. And so it was like a whole different level where it's like some things brought up you didn't even know you mm -hmm. were carrying. But when people come to me for a session, yeah, you're going to have, you're going to know your issues that are most troubling you that you want to 
clear. Mm -hmm. And so it's essentially, I mean, it's really cool because it's not at the mind level. It's not like hypnosis. It's not even clearing it just from your body, which I don't, I don't doubt the importance of any of that because things yeah. get locked in your body. So sometimes even after my sessions, I suggest people go get a massage because it takes time for your body. It's like a defragging period where your body has to catch up with all the changes made at the spirit level. And so people sometimes will say, oh, now I'm having back pain or this is coming. And I'm like, you know what? Try a massage, try like a bath, try, you know, whatever feels good to your body. Like when you're taking care of mm -hmm. yourself, like do that just to help it integrate. Mm -hmm. um, but clearing it at the spirit level means that it stops affecting you in this life and future lives. So it's like our spirits want that. And so a lot of us right now, it's like 2019, I always say it's like the year of purge. It's like we're just meant to get rid of all of this baggage and all of these preconceived notions and beliefs and limiting, like limiting things, limiting beliefs. Yeah. Um, all of these outside influences. And the, like the collective awareness that we can deliberately create our life exactly. and our reality. And I think that's been exactly. like the biggest thing is people aren't laughing at that as much as anymore. And they're like, right. Oh wait, there really is something there. Right. Cause they're seeing, they're well, seeing they're us seeing, do it. Yes, exactly. They're <laughs> right. seeing people that are truly right. happy, that are truly living their life. Like, right. And, yeah. and the, the theme of like death has actually come up quite a bit that like helps me with that uh -huh. is, is remembering, like, I've been thinking about it so much. It's like, okay, if I knew on December 31st, that was my last day here, 2020, what would I be showing up to? And I think that's kind of a thing that's common with people. They say, you know, like live like you're dying, right, but it's also right. one of those things that people take as basic the same way they do as be grateful. That right. They overlook how right, right, right. deep that can actually get right. if we sit with it yeah, and yeah, be yeah. mindful with it. Yeah. Cause it can sound at this point so cliche. Like so a lot cliche. of things can sound just cliche. Like, Oh yeah, I know. I'm supposed to meditate. If blah, you can blah, visualize. Oh, I yeah. said this to my friends on uh -huh. New Year's. She said something like, Oh, I I don't know. She said something. I said, well, if you can visualize it, you can create it and you can have it. And she was like, big dramatic eye roll. Like, oh my God. Right. And I was like, I was all, do not roll your eyes at me, bitch. I'm the only one that believes in your dreams. Like, come on. I'm trying to enroll you in your dreams right She's, now. She sounds like my son in that, like, I get the same reaction from him sometimes, except not so much anymore because he sees he ah. sees it. So it's like, we can say all we want, but people are seeing like, whoa, Jamie's glowing. Like, look at Kelsey. She's doing all, it's like, once they start seeing things come of it, then they're like, oh, maybe there is something to gratitude. Oh, mm -hmm. maybe, you know? Yeah. But it's like, the way I'm looking at it is like, you know, two, 2019, I feel like it just was put in so many of our faces. Like it wasn't even just those of us who've been doing this work. It's like doing the inner work and yeah. doing this work in general, helping other people. It's like everybody. Self-awareness and purging. Yes. And, and it's like. Self-awareness is not, um, a uh, smooth ride. It's no, bumpy as hell. It is. But I think like our spirits are over it. Like our spirits. Okay. So, you know, the aboriginals believe it's like the spirits was with you through all your past lives and this life. Right. And the soul is new to each body and then you get your body. And so the way that the way they look at it, then it's like, you think about it. Yeah. Your, your spirit, it's like, you're here to learn things, right? We come into this life to learn certain lessons, um, to grow in certain ways, to really expand our consciousness. But then there's also like energy that we're balancing out too from other lives. But the big thing is like our spirits are over this. Like they didn't come here to just repeat things over and over and over. Like they want us to just learn it so that we can move on and step up and into our power. Like, 
And so I think like when people get drawn to holographic kinetics, it's because they're just finally so sick of their own shit Mm -hmm. and so sick of seeing it show up. And they're starting to realize like, oh, I'm like for me, I'm the common denominator in my relationships that we're all kind of going this way. You know, at some point you have to get real with yourself when instead, you know, at the beginning you might be like, well, that jerk, blah, 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 or something. So projecting that it's like someone else. Right. That's like, and that I think is where the real work is, right? Right. Of realizing, oh, I am 100% responsible for my reality. Exactly. And, oh my gosh, there's a quote. Have you read You Are a Badass? Or I, did, I haven't. No, okay. I'm sure that everyone talks about it. Yeah, it yeah. is so good. Like, I love it. And You Are a Badass at Making Money. That one's so good. I, I'm going to listen to it again. Like, I've listened to an audiobook so many times. But she has a quote in there that says, It's not your fault if you get fucked up, but it is your fault if you stay fucked up. And I was just like, That one hit me hard, you know? Because right. I have this, you know, the, I think we all have an inherent desire to want to live a life of meaning. And to find happiness. Like those things always come down, meaning and happiness. And in order to have those for me, I was like, dang, this ownership shit is like, it's so much easier to blame other people, but there's so much freedom I experienced once I stopped blaming other people. Cause then the power's not outside of me. The power came home. Exactly. And it's hard. Like it's so hard though to, to just accept that full responsibility like I used oh, to yeah. live I more of coaches. a victim I did a full pro uh-huh. I've done programs I've paid right. to be a part of coaching experiences so yeah that's a great point I don't want anyone to think that it just like they're like well why haven't I well right. and then that also makes me question my ego even in that moment of saying that because then there's a level of comparison like right you know what I mean well I'm just saying it's like it's so hard to face your own stuff and, and the thing is, is that with Holographic Connects too, it's really put in your face that our thoughts are creating our reality. Because all it is, is like we're going back. It's not all it is. There's a lot to it. But you're going back and you're finding that belief or that thought that was locked in in a moment of trauma. And trauma doesn't have to be like these huge things. As a kid, everything seems like a big deal. But it's like going back and we've locked in these thoughts or beliefs about ourselves or about life that we're then creating creating from. So we're always creating a reality and that's so annoying to hear when so much of it is in our subconscious at this point. Mm. And that's the thing is like, people are like, well, I'm not creating this illness. I don't want to be sick. I don't. And it's like, yeah, I totally get that. But there is a cause to everything. Yeah. And so there's some belief or thought that you have that you got from somewhere, maybe not even in this life that you're, that you're carrying through over and over because you think that whatever, who knows what you think, who knows what's behind that for each person. It's different. It's always that there's something that is, it seems unavailable to that person, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what someone, I don't remember who it was that described it this way, but I'll never forget it. Because she said, any source of unhappiness or, you know, say a stored trauma or whatever is, is you have believed that something's unavailable to you. Happiness, relationships, right? a life without addiction, a life without suffering. Like if you believe it's unavailable to you, it will continue to be unavailable right. to you. And then right. it like brings back, like, I feel like the, right. the holy grail of all affirmations of I am enough, right? I, this is available yeah. to me. I am enough. This is enough. Things are enough. Exactly. And it's yeah, so because cool, when like, we have a belief, it's essentially our beliefs are just limiting us. So even beliefs that I have that seem, it's like if your beliefs, if you're not feeling good, look at your beliefs. And it's like, whatever you're saying to yourself, the thoughts that you're having in a day-to-day basis is like, examine those. Because if you're not feeling good, then you need to really think about what yeah. you want to believe. Like, 
I even try to be so open-minded that I'm not even believing anything because honestly, nothing is as it seems like I'm learning. (laughs) And so it's just like, you know, being really open-minded to it and just being aware of like, you know, there's so many other causes for things going on in this reality that are happening for all sorts of reasons. And just learning that, you know, we do have so much power to change Mm -hmm. everything. It's just that when we believe certain things, it's like we limit ourselves. Yeah. Because we always get what we expect. Always. Like across the board. If we, if somewhere along the line it was taught to us, like even money doesn't grow on trees and all these, like all these like negative things that are kind of just passed down as like the norm. Mm-hmm. It's like if you pick that up in any sense. Or don't open the floodgates. Like for people to be like, no, don't open the floodgates. Like don't start crying. You know? Oh, right. Or like, oh, everything happens in threes. Everything bad happens in threes. Well, that's not. That's I literally not heard someone say, "I'm Murphy's Law." I'm like, "Well, shit, yeah," because you just said that, right? <laughs> and it's like you know, and it's uh, people are losing sight of the fact it doesn't happen in threes. What happens is one thing happens. You let your focus be completely shifted to that crisis. Then you're thinking about how awful it is, how negative it is. How is this happening to me? It's so awful. Life is so awful. Boom! You lower your vibration. Here comes the next thing yeah. because then you start just attracting these things yeah. to you. And so it's like, yeah. that's why it keeps happening. And I think if I was you just look talking, for it, if you look for it, you'll find exactly. it. Exactly. And I was just talking to somebody cause I'm like, I think why it happens in threes is that by the time the third thing happens, like, okay, maybe your windshield gets busted and then you get the flat tire. And then the third thing happens to come into that. That's whatever, some family crisis, maybe by then it's like, you almost have to laugh. Yeah. Because you're just like, well, at and that you've, point, and, and you're the circle's like, been completed because if you believe things come in threes, you're waiting right? for that third thing. And so then, true. Once, so then true, once true, the third true. thing happens, and yeah. the, mind, the subconscious mind is saying, okay, well, now we're safe. We're done. Right? Exactly. Versus so that's like, part of it too. But then I think like sometimes people get into it and it stops because they just, at that point, you have to laugh or else you'll just cry. Like if you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're just like, you know, those times where you're just like, everything's like, this happening. And then, so then you just start laughing because you're just like, okay. Okay, universe, whatever you have, just whatever. I'm fine. Like, I handled all these things. I'm good. Well, then, boom, nothing else is going to happen because you're just like, I'm fine. Like, I can deal with whatever comes mm-hmm. my way. And and so it's almost like it's the universe. It's like, I think it was a meme or something. It was like, I had to shake you or else you'd never move. And it was like, love the universe. Right. To where it's like some of the worst shit that happens is shaking us up. For me, I noticed things that were awful that happened in the past awakened a newfound sense of self-confidence or a newfound right. sense of gratitude for people and moments. Right. right? Oh, yeah. I, I had a friend ask me on New Year's. He was... Because I, I brought out all my goddess cards and my oracle cards and oh, I uh-huh. love bringing them to parties and being like, who wants to draw a card? Right. And majority of people are always like kind of scared or totally excited but the scared people are always curious. So I'm like, uh-huh. it's okay only if you feel called to. It's right. it's not tarot cards, it's a little bit different. But anyways, he said, he said, what do I do if I keep just finding a bad thing after another, after another, after another? I was like, you, and I told him, I said, you stop looking for them. Gratitude. Because it literally, yeah, gratitude. I was like, I was like, it literally starts with do one you have thing a gratitude well. journal? <laughs> yeah, That's, one thing yeah. going well, and then once you start noticing it, it's like yeah. kind of like whack a mole, where you're like, oh, there's another good thing. Bop. Oh, there's another good thing. Bop. And yep. then the universe is like, oh, you want to find it? I'll give you proof. Here you go. Yep. Here you go. Here you go. Yep. And it can go in the... Po- and I told him, I said, you're already doing it so well in the negative direction of unpleasant things. So slow the train and start to build the momentum in that other direction yep. of noticing. Yep. And that's mindfulness too. And that's when I'm always just like, do you have a gratitude? <laughs> do you have a practice? 
<laughs> do you currently keep a So do you have journal? like a practice that you do? Well, just, I mean, just basically keeping a gratitude journal. Yeah. And if I don't write in it at night, because usually my thing was to write in it every night. Um, if I don't do that, then I'm at least saying it out loud. Like, thank you so much. Like, thank you for, and, and a lot of it, it's like, it's funny because I, I call my mom most every day being like, and she's like, did you have another terrible day? And she's being sarcastic because I'm always like, mom, it was like the best day ever. <laughs> and it's not because like I'm winning the lottery or like some big thing You're that people think it. that you need. It's literally in conversations I have that were awesome, in connections I made with people, in like a session that I do. It's It can be so basic at this point because I've cultivated, and my life has cultivated just a level of gratitude because I'm not dead. I mean, that's my thing. I almost died. So like pretty much if you compare everything in your life to that, it really like shifts you. Like there's no, it's like, okay, this happened, but I didn't die. Like, you know, if it's not yeah. killing me, it's not really a big deal. Yeah. And so even taking risks, and I mean, I have to give myself pep talks still. I'm not going to lie. Like oh, girl, there's things right now that I know I'm supposed to do that I'm just like, it's, it's that next level of things that are clearing out to get to that point and I can feel it. But it's funny because I have to still give myself pep talks about it, but it's like literally, you know, what are we so afraid of? Like mm -hmm. these risks that we take, these leaps that we take, like I jumped out of the hospital, like it didn't kill me. <laughs> I like jumped out of my first idea for a business. It didn't kill me. Like yeah. it just keeps leading me to better and better things. Yeah. And it's so fun because it's such an adventure when you live this way. Cause it's literally like just paying attention to Linear inspired intuition. ideas from meditation and getting intuition and being like, well, that's like, this is the third time I've heard about this book, or this is the third time that this subject has come up. Okay. I think I'm supposed to do this. And then like, I always say, I love confirmation. So, and my spirit like knows it. And so I'm always just, I love it. Cause I'll write something like on my blog and it's like, the next thing I know, it's like every post is about that or, and I know there's some weird stuff with the internet right now. <laughs> Tracking. So, but, well, but still like, we can look at it that way or we can look at it that it's coincidence. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even safe. So the computer couldn't see or like, you know, it's coincidence. It's, and it's, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. That so is it's really like, cool. it all just like happens and you're, and and, you know, just to think at one point I lived my life, like just a victim, like victim of circumstance, like, oh, this happened, that, I and I always was one, me. exactly. And I was always the one to see silver linings. And even when I was going through my illness, people were like, I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know how you keep dealing with this medicine and deal. And it's like, look, I have to, like, I have my son, like he's dependent on me. Like, I don't have a choice. It's not like I'm superwoman. It's just that this is how I have to do it to get through. And if I get stuck on why did this happen to me? I can't believe this is happening to me. It's a rabbit hole. Yes. It's just like you cannot, you can't live your life long term like that because you'll, you'll not only feel bad physically, but your mind will be feeling bad. And, and it'll so, manifest into a physical illness. Well, eventually. at that time I was having a physical illness. So oh. it was literally just like, look, I can't get stuck in this. Why did this happen? It happened. Get over it. Like, yeah, I feel deal like that's with the that. acceptance, and that's yeah. like such. That's an important part, right? Is like oh, accepting yeah. because I feel like there's so much. Yeah. Oh, who was it? Oh, we were on the phone talking about it, but it, the quote was, um, "You choose suffering if you're in denial with reality." Oh, wow. so the reality was you were sick, you accepted it, and you decided to find the silver lining. Right? right. But the other option, you could have been in denial. Like I know a lot of people that are in complete denial of their exact situation because they, because we're so good at victimizing yep. or being in the pity party. Right. That's the opposite end. Right. Where right. it's like, and I, 
the yeah. connection over the negatives. Yeah. Like there's a lot of connection that happens over the negatives. And what do you mean? Like as far as like, you know, somebody has something going on and then everybody wants to just sit around and talk about every negative thing going on. Oh yeah. And then it turns like, in, oh, well, and then that, inclu- that yeah. can, can like start including gossip and that can include all this other stuff too. And it's just like, why are we doing this? Like, seriously, tell me, tell me something else. Like, tell me something that's Tell me going anything well. else. Like, what's going well? Like, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you like to do? Like, yeah. yeah. What do you have going on? What's that's something like, I've done with clients. What's a dream? Is like, schedule your celebrations. And so if they have something they're working on or a goal uh-huh. that they have set, I have them schedule when and with who they're going to celebrate their hard work. Oh, I love Regardless that. Regardless of it. And so it's almost like does this weird like thing in our subconscious when we know we're supposed to celebrate, it makes us want to work harder to make the celebration even sweeter, you know? That's really, really cool. So I we love should, that. We should, I love that. So we should schedule our, <laughs> our end of the night toast at Visalia Talks and Wine. <laughs> right? <laughs> we all, let's do it. We'll do a champagne toast at the very end to celebrate our amazing talks that that are going to be received. <laughs> right? I'm so excited about that. I'm excited too. Yeah. So yeah, guys, January 30th, um, at the cellar door in Visalia, California topic is mindfulness. Jamie's going to be one of the speakers. What is something like whether they come to Visalia talks or not, what is something that you really like want them to take away from this conversation? I think in general, what I think I have to really offer that really helps people the most that I think is like something that I've realized it's all about alignment with our own spirit. The most important, important thing that you can do for yourself and for everybody and for the planet is to really get in alignment with your own spirit, which really for me has come from following my joy and following my intuition about absolutely everything. And so when you do that and you tap into that, that source energy that we all are, it's, it's like life becomes magical and it's not magic. Like people think I'm magic because I manifest all of these things or whatever, you know, it's like, and it's, I keep having to say, I am not magic. It's available to everyone. It's available to everyone. Like I'm not, I'm not some special bionic human, even though my life is kind of lining up to be bionic just because so many things have happened. You you follow your joy and keep saying yes. Exactly. And so when you do that, like, and you get in alignment with your spirit, it's like everything opens. You, you're able to manifest things that you couldn't have imagined, like connections come in, like all, everything just lines up without you having to like hustle and slog and work jobs that you hate. Slog. <laughs> I know. I always use that. <laughs> I feel like everyone just like slogs along. They're like, I have to do you this. You made that word I gotta... up. <laughs> I love it. Slogging. Slog. I'm going to, I'm going to reuse that. <laughs> Now that's going to be the takeaway. Uh-huh. That's not the takeaway. It's alignment. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's alignment. Alignment. And you know so, what? Yeah. It, it, it's easy. I feel like if you're listening, you're wondering like, well, how do I know if I'm in alignment? You just know. Because either you Your feel energy. great or you feel yeah. like shit. That's exactly. the determiner. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't even, it's like, it really is that simple. Like, how's your energy? Are you happy? Like mm. more often than you're not? Are you suffering? You know, do you do things that you enjoy? Are you loving life? Like, does life feel, feel like, like an adventure? Yeah. Right. Does life feel like an adventure uh, yeah. or does it feel like just something to get through? Mm. That really tells you if you're in alignment. Like, if you're not in alignment, life is going to just feel harder than it needs to. Yeah. 
So how can people get in contact with you? Well, I have my blog at peacefuljellyfish.com. Okay. And I'll then put I, it in the show notes so you could just click below. Yeah. And then emailing me peacefuljellyfish at gmail.com. Um, those are the easiest ways. Probably. Nice. Is I'm jellyfish your spirit Peaceful. animal? You know, it's funny because I never thought about it like that when I came up with the name. Like when I first started my blog several years ago, it was more of like, that's always been like my favorite. And so, yeah, but it's like, it's always been like my favorite because there's so many different kinds and the variety and they're just so beautiful and so complex. Like they're just so interesting to me. It's like flow. I feel like if there's any animal that represents feminine flow, it's a Well, and you know what's funny? So here I am trying to come up with a name for it and that came up and then like the peaceful part came from at that time I was just like this is the most peace I've ever had in my life so peaceful jellyfish right and then it's funny because then after like people ask me like about being my spirit animal it's like yeah if you look it up it's all about going with the flow it's all about like going with the flow and like all this (laughs) and it's just like holy crap Yep. So in short, yes. I feel like I jellyfish chose you. You didn't choose jellyfish. I know. Isn't it interesting? Because I didn't yeah. come up with it like, oh, that's my spirit animal, whatever. That was like an afterthought that people were having. And I'm like, oh. And I like look at it. And it's like, yep, going with the flow. Like try, not going against the current. And it's just, it's so fitting with the life I ended up cultivating. Mm. But it wasn't like, that part of it wasn't on purpose when I <laughs> named it. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, and then peaceful.jellyfish on Instagram too, but. Awesome. I yeah. love when like the names are almost chosen on a whim and then it just works out so well. My, my, right. the Kelsey Lowe show, actually my mom was so mad at me because we first started our business together. She was like, you're just doing things all on your own. It's like the freaking Kelsey Lowe show. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was like, I know you're pissed, but I kind of like it. <laughs> You're like, you know what? It is about time that this life is the Kelsey Lowe show. <laughs> like, that's the thing. We're all walking around living these lives, and it's like, why are we not the starring character of our own lives? Why? Mm-hmm. Why are we walking around as if everybody else is more important than us? Ooh. So that's so fitting. I mean, that's just, Ooh. right? The Kelsey, yeah. it should be like the Jamie Cohen show. The Jamie Cohen it show. It should be the whoever you are show. It's yeah. like, it gets to be your show. Yeah. <laughs> Because this concept of selfishness is so not, it's it's distorted and it's expired. Yes. Yes. Because it's like, if you don't get quote selfish, where you're actually putting your own needs Mm -hmm. first, you don't get to the magic. I feel like, like that's where it starts. And there's a big difference between selfishness and self-preservation. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not, cause even like in alignment, it's not that like you're in alignment and you're putting yourself first. And you're just like going on your own way and not helping in some way. Yeah. I find that like when you're in alignment with your spirit, you want to help people. Uh huh. It's a natural thing. But and you naturally just bring people along. Exactly. And then the difference is you're helping from a full cup instead of an empty one. Mm-hmm. It's like when we're not when we're not filling our own cup first, we're like we're gonna end up sick if we're taking care of other people. And so it's like when we fill our own cup with that self-care and that self-love, and just like you said, self-preservation, where we're not saying yes to things we don't wanna do, Mm -hmm. things like that, then it's like you come from that place and you're gonna instantly gravitate towards something that helps the world, other people, animals in some way. 
Yeah. So. Oh, so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining yeah. the show. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, this was really fun. <laughs> I love this so much. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Joyfully You Podcast. Ah, oh, this is so good. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. And Jimmy.